The Denver Broncos could be losing one of their top assistant coaches to another team and a well-deserved promotion. We'll talk about what impact that could have if he does get the job here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The AFC and NFC championships are set, and the Broncos, in the meantime, could be losing one of their top assistant coaches. We'll break down all the action on today's brand-new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast every single day, all year long, because for the true fan, there is never in offseason, I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah, uh, AFC, NFC Divisional Weekend, now in the books. We know who's going to the AFC Championship. We know who's going to the NFC Championship. There's a lot of conversation to be had on that, but as we get deeper into the offseason with some things coming up for the Broncos, it's important to note there's some news about some of their coaching staff, some potential changes that could be coming up, and obviously a couple coaches on staff getting some really, really cool opportunities in the next month or so as well. We'll break it all down here on today's episode of the show. And, and first off, I think probably the biggest news we should start talking about last week, we all got the notification that uh, Christian Parker, Broncos defensive backs coach, was set to interview with the New England Patriots for their defensive coordinator job. Obviously, that would be a tremendous gig for him, as we all know, Christian Parker, a big-time name in terms of rising coaches, young rising star coaches in the National Football League, participated in the teams in the NFL's Accelerator Program in 2022 under Nathaniel Hackett. And uh, look, as much as I would love CP to get a well-deserved promotion, part of me selfishly thinking like, man, I can't help but worry what type of negative impact his departure could potentially mean for the Broncos if that were the case. Yeah, he's a really good coach. Obviously, he's coached up a great group there in the defensive backfield ever since Vic Fangio brought him in in that 2021 offseason when, of course, you know, he joined the team along with Pat Sertan, who's been an all pro multiple times over, at least voted by the players and not the media. Right. So the players that he's actually playing against. And then obviously you've had maybe some more unheralded guys stepping up and playing really well. I mean, although he had a bad second year, Damari Mathis playing great as a rookie, we saw Fabian Moreau come in and hold down the fort for most of 2023. We've seen Justin Simmons continue to play great ball and, and maybe even get better under Christian Parker. I'm not saying he's the, you know, the the straw that stirs the whole drink or anything, but I mean, man, there's a common denominator. And I think that's what we're saying here. Jaquan McMillan, great development. Caden Stearns, PJ Locke. I mean, you could go up and down the defensive back room and see just improvement from young players. I think that's one of the key reasons why Sean Payton kept him on the staff is developing young guys. I think that's why Gerard Mayo wants to have him out there in New England. Yeah, and, and look, we'll find out a little bit more because New England obviously know they're they're set now with Gerard Mayo as their head coach. They're looking for a DC candidate, and if Christian Parker were to get that job, I believe he'd be the youngest defensive coordinator in NFL history, if I'm not mistaken. A young guy, he's worked his way up through the college ranks, was a quality control coach for the Green Bay Packers, and it was recognized by Ed Donatel and Vic Fangio. They brought him over 
to help coach with the defensive backs. And then he took over the job after, uh, you know, he and Ed Donatel, I'd say they worked really kind of hand in hand when Ed was the DC here. And then obviously Ed got COVID during that one year. And so CP had to take on a lot on his plate, but he learned a lot from Vic Fangio. And there's a reason he's made it through three different coaching staffs now here in Denver. And I can tell you this, players in that locker room, they love Christian Parker, especially guys that don't even play cornerback or safety. They love Christian Parker as well. He's a very, very prominent voice vocally about their coverage schemes. He worked very closely with Vance Joseph, and obviously Vance loved working with him as well. We all hope that CP will be back in Denver this year, coaching up that secondary once again, especially helping aid in the development of guys like Riley Moss, who we hope to see take the next step this upcoming season. But obviously a promotion would be well-deserved as his name has been thrown out there multiple times. I know Peter Schrager's thrown him out there. Tom Pellicero's thrown him out there. We've had a chance to get a chance to talk with him. I've talked with CP many times and just a bright coach has a very, very great understanding of the defense. And I think of today's modern defenses and how to get the best coverage alignment out of your guys. So it's one of those things where, Hey, you know, you hope CP can get it just because he deserves it. But you also selfishly, if you're a Broncos fan, you're hoping he doesn't take the job or doesn't get it because you want him still staying in Denver. However, I wouldn't even be shocked at the point. Like at some point CP could be promoted within Denver. He could receive a promotion. There's always an opportunity for that, but uh, you know, one of those tough things, Sarah, when you have really good coaches, it stinks when they get poached, but it's also great opportunities. It says, hey, you know, this is a guy with a tremendous impact for you. Now he's getting rewarded for his obviously production, you know, for, for Denver and their secondary. And then I think it would open up a lot of questions. Like if CP were to leave, who would come in and coach the defensive backs? I mean, look, what CP's been able to build with that room, that level of leadership and the stuff that these guys do away from the field together for a new coach to come in, you got to have to find a way to preserve that and also earn the trust of that room as well, which is going to be a big thing going forward. But, you know, there's some other coaching news here for the Broncos as well, Sarah. As we all know that the uh, Senior Bowl is coming up. We know that, you know, the Broncos are going to be keeping their eyes on a lot of the quarterbacks there, but they're also going to have maybe some inside intel because they're going to have one of their assistant coaches there. Offensive quality control coach Logan Kilgore. He worked with Arch Manning. I don't know if people knew that. He worked with Arch Manning, you know, when he was up there in high school. And he will be coaching the tight ends at the Senior Bowl. So he's going to be able to see a little bit of Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and some other guys as well. And obviously for Davis Webb, also getting a really, really cool opportunity in the East-West Shrine Bowl. Yeah, some really great things going on there. Obviously, Davis Webb is somebody who's going to probably rise quickly in the coaching ranks, especially we've seen. I I can't remember who wrote the article, Cody. I think it was on The Athletic or, or something like that. A really great article about Davis Webb and just the way that he operates and and was such a big help to different quarterbacks that he's played with as a teammate. But now that's why he's getting into coaching. Obviously he's been such an asset in the QB room. So yeah, getting to getting to be an offensive coordinator at the East West shrine bowl is a huge deal. And of course we'll be eagerly anticipating his reviews from that in terms of where, who, who does he bang the table for, so to speak in the NFL draft room this offseason for the Broncos. I did have another quick note too, Cody, on the Christian Parker thing. I mean, it, right now it's it's just one interview with the Patriots as far as we know, but man, these coaching jobs are going to fill up around the league very, very soon, and we have no idea who's going to try to poach him thereafter. I mean, Isiro Evero mm-hmm. has got multiple head coach interviews. I believe he's interviewing for a second time with Carolina and Seattle. So just imagine Isiro Evero gets a head coaching position somewhere. Who do you think he's going to call to be a defensive uh, coordinator potentially? So 
I think there's a lot of opportunities for guys to get poached. And uh, that's the catch 22 of these guys like Davis Webb and, and uh, obviously Kilgore getting opportunities to coach in events like this is it shines the light on how good they are at what they do builds the networking. And we know in the NFL, the coaching world, it's all about who, you know, it really is. And, and look, I think Denver, we've talked about this here on the show, even though Denver season didn't end the way that Broncos fans hope for, I think the staff that Sean Payton ultimately put together, thought it was a really, really good staff. I thought that he got a lot out of a lot of these guys. And look, even some guys like Chris Banjo, who was playing special teams last year, coaching special teams this year, just getting guys who have played and you go back to obviously Davis Webb fitting that category it, it's good to have that perspective you know being a being able to be a player and to be able to share your insight what you're reading and look some guys are better cerebrally than they are maybe physically on the football field and Davis Webb never really got an opportunity as much to be out there and start a lot of games when he was playing in the NFL for the Giants obviously but that experience can't be taken away because he's in a meeting room every single day as a player. Now he's in it as a coach. He knows how to lead those conversations. And I'm very curious to see what type of impact that could have in the scouting process as the buildup for the NFL draft certainly creeps up on us. It's going to be here sooner than we believe on top of that free agency as well. But, you know, Broncos country, that's some prominent Broncos news heading your way here this week. We'll keep you updated here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast every step of the way. But over the weekend, there were some football games on the AFC, NFC Divisional Week because we'll dive deep into the AFC Divisional games that happened over Saturday and Sunday and some outcomes that maybe didn't benefit Broncos country. We'll break it all down here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there, LinkedIn Jobs. And at the start of every new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move that I can make that'll take my business to the next level here in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs, they've created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They have a vast network of more than 1 billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So make sure you achieve your business goals in 2024 with the right team member. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or the resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive. It's quick and it's easy. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Buffalo Bills are wishing that the Kansas City Chiefs had a 12th man on the field so that kicker Tyler Bass could get another shot at it. A little mulligan would have been nice in the AFC Championship game. Unfortunately, no 12th man on the field, no mulligan. The Kansas City Chiefs are inevitable. They're going to the AFC Championship game once again, and Broncos country laments. Cody, it was a, a thrilling game. My heart hasn't raced that fast for a non-Broncos game in a long time, which tells you how much, how, how badly the Broncos country wants the Chiefs to finally just lose a game, to not see an AFC championship with Patrick Mahomes in it. He's never not been in the AFC championship. I heard Jim Nance say that on the broadcast. That's That's got to be one of the freakiest stats in sports history. I mean, he's been in the league since 2017, been starting since 2018. I don't care if he'd been in the league since 2021. That's crazy. But unfortunately, the Chiefs are back. 
Yeah, and look, I think everybody next week as the division the division round comes to an end and the conference championships are now here, everyone's going to be rooting for one specific team. We'll dive deeper into that because their outcome as well. But really, that Chiefs-Bills game, I think, was everything that we wanted it to be in terms of back and forth, gripping, like drama. You know, you have one thing happen, you know, where you decide to do a fake punt in the fourth quarter and you don't get it, and all of a sudden you give the Chiefs great field position as you're getting ready for the fourth quarter to begin, and all of a sudden the Chiefs, was it, I think it was McCole Hardman, fumbles the ball right at the one-yard line. It goes out of the back of the end zone, leads to a touchback, which, look, I think in situations like that, when we talk about playoff football, where it's back and forth between these two teams, I think that's a great example of what happened right there, why that rule is perfect the way that it is. It, you giveth, you taketh. And my biggest solution to that is, hey, you don't like it? Hold on to the damn football. Don't fumble it out of the back of the end zone. Hold on to the football. And no, There's no reason, in my opinion, why offenses should get rewarded for losing possession of the ball. It's almost... I mean, it's just wild to me. They're like, oh, it's the worst rule in sports. I, I think in a playoff game like that, I thought it was the best rule and the best overall moment there. But ultimately, the Buffalo Bills falling short. I mean, you talk about leading a drive down there. They really couldn't get the run game going with James Cook, who unfortunately last time that we saw James Cook when the Broncos were playing the Bills, I mean, the, the Bills ran for a buck 92 against the Broncos, and they couldn't really run against Kansas City. And that's going to set up some questions for the AFC Championship game because obviously we all know they're going to be taking on the Baltimore Ravens, and they love to run the football effectively, and they did that. We'll get to that game here in a minute, but field goal kickers, man. We saw it in the Green Bay game, which we'll talk to a little bit later, but we saw two kickers miss some pivotal kicks in important moments that really kind of solidified it. I mean, that was a chip shot there for Bass, and I just couldn't help but watch it. It looked, it looked good, and then the wind and Buffalo just carried it wide right. And all of a sudden, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to an AFC Championship game yet again. And, and much to the dismay of everybody in Broncos country, everyone's going to be rooting for, I think it's the Ravens flock, if I'm not mistaken. So if you want to get some more insight on that, obviously, you can check out the Locked On Chiefs podcast. You can check out the Locked On Ravens podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. They'll have you covered throughout the week, previewing the biggest storylines for championship weekend here inside the AFC side of things. But unfortunate and uh look i think it, it, it leads to a lot of credence there could be some changes with the buffalo bills coming up this offseason uh, but one thing we do know is that the afc is very very strong and i think with the game that we saw on saturday between the ravens and the texans despite the fact that the ravens really kind of controlled that for a moment we saw that hey you know what even though that houston lost that game they're gonna be good for quite some time with D'Amico ryan's with cj stroud and that defense that they have and they're gonna have another offseason to build in free agency in the draft the AFC, I just came away from this week and watching these games and thinking, man, Denver's going to have to do something to close the gap because you look at the separation for some of the top teams in the NFL, man, it's like Denver competed with some of these guys this year, but in my opinion, they've got to find a way to sustain and they got to find a way to go the extra mile. I, I don't have that confidence in this team right now to be able to do that, but man, what a game that we saw initially there. The Ravens came out on fire. They really kind of controlled the tempo, but CJ Stroud still made it interesting. He did, and that was a fun game. Obviously, we were wondering, were the Ravens going to be kind of rusty or were they going to look rested? And it was certainly the latter on that one. I mean, they looked sharp out except there. Except the first half. Except the first <laughs> half. Yeah, they got they got it going. Not the first half, but I, Isaiah Likely, Cody. I mean, my gosh, the guy was out there mossing folks. He was out there racking up yards after the catch. What a game from him, and what a luxury for the Ravens to have weapons upon weapons. I mean, that's kind of been the conversation throughout Lamar Jackson's career, hasn't it? Is like, 
get this guy a receiver. I mean, he's been out there throwing to Nelson Aguilar as his number one and all these different things <laughs> through the years. And he's got a plethora of guys out there now. But I think the one common theme that I took from this weekend of games, Cody, AFC and NFC, is draft a quarterback, man. I mean, six out of the eight teams that remained drafted their quarterback. And and the Lions and Bucks both had former number one overall picks within the last seven, eight years. So I just think, hey, I mean, you got to draft a quarterback. Like, if you're the Broncos, draft a freaking quarterback. Every single one of these teams that's playing well drafted a guy or got a guy that was drafted really high. So (laughs) I think, man, the formula is not that complicated. George Payton's never drafted a quarterback. Sean Payton Mm -hmm. never drafted a quarterback. Like, and and I don't mean never as in never from Sean Payton. Like he never took a first or second rounder as yeah. at the quarterback position. So we're talking about third rounders and beyond. That's that's not much. And George Payton, he, where with the Broncos, where's the quarterback draft pick? I don't. There's no Brock Purdy. There's no you know. Uh, there's no Aiden O'Connell. There's no nothing. There's nothing. So it's that was the most frustrating aspect for me, Cody, is watching all these teams excel. The common denominator is drafted quarterbacks. And man, even three of the final four teams now remaining as as we pursue the Super Bowl, three of the final four have drafted quarterbacks. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm taking the crazy pills here, Cody. You tell me what you <laughs> no. think. I know I went off on a tangent, but that's just the way that I felt watching these games. Yeah, no, I agree with you, too. And, and look, there, there was a plan with all these guys. Like, I think you can make an argument. You could every situation. I know Detroit's different because they traded for obviously Jared Goff. They sent Stafford over there. But as you mentioned, Goff was obviously a top draft pick. Baker Mayfield and Tampa Bay are a top draft pick. And it's about, okay, hey, these guys were these top picks for a reason. And it's not like they were busts, right? I think there was a conversation at one point that people were thinking Goff was a bust. People were thinking Baker's one. But they've resurged a little bit here, which tells me, okay, if you got a guy who's got the talent to go as high as they have and you put a good environment around them, you give them playmakers. Like, you look at all the playmakers that Jared Goff has in Detroit. You look at the playmakers. I mean, just imagine if... C.J. Stroud had more guys around him that were healthy outside of Nico Collins. Imagine they had Tank Dale. I imagine they're going to go get a ton of skill players here this offseason. And I just look at all these teams, and I and they have an intermediate passing game. I'm on, I, we need to touch on that because Denver has had an intermediate passing game in God knows how long over you know the course of the last few years. So, uh, Sarah, I'm with you 100% on this. And look, Broncos country, we want to hear from you as well. If you're listening or watching this and you're feeling the same way that we are, that when you're looking at these players, you're like, okay, hey, these are guys that – or sitting like Jordan loves development, a little bit different than what you see standard from a quarterback. But my goodness, he looked good outside of the last throw that he had on the evening, which we'll dive deep into here in a little bit on Lockdown Broncos. I just felt overall that's what Denver needs to do. And look, I feel like this is the best draft class right now for Denver to be able to go out and do that. If they find that there are guys that maybe fit the mold for what they want. And George Payton says, I know what type of quarterback Sean wants. Let us know. Like, come on, George, give us the inside info on that because that would be great to know. And Broncos country, would I, I don't think it would go as crazy with the mock drafts and all the different scenarios that could play out. But, yeah, I agree with you. Get the quarterback and see what happens. Build around that guy, and you never know what can happen. Like, look what we saw, we saw with C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans this year. You can't tell me Denver can't find a way to be in that position themselves. Look, it's an anomaly. It's hard to get a young guy to play like that. But it's possible, even though it seems unlikely in today's NFL. So I'm with you on that, Sarah. I think the Broncos should absolutely draft the quarterback after this weekend. The AFC Championship is all set as Lamar Jackson takes on the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes next weekend. It's going to be a wild game. It's going to be wild. And everything riding onto it is going to lead to a trip to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. We'll dive into the NFC 
playoff games from over the weekend from the division around that set the stage for the NFC Championship in Broncos country. You're going to get our thoughts on that here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are heating up. We just had a wild divisional weekend. The AFC and NFC championship games are coming up this weekend, and FanDuel is the one place where you can get in on all the action, riding on the games that are going to lead to the big game in February. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So if you sign up with FanDuel Sportsbook here today as a brand new customer and you place a $5 bet, whether your bet wins or loses, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets regardless. So make sure you get in on the action on FanDuel. Their app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, and you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and more, including anytime touchdown scores, multiple touchdown scores. You can get in on the action. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, we'll dive deep into the NFC Divisional Weekend that sets the stage for the NFC Championship this upcoming weekend here. Football is getting very exciting. These games have a lot at stake. We just want to say this offseason for the Broncos has a lot at stake. In Broncos country, Sarah and myself, we promise to bring you one step closer to the action every single day all year long throughout every offseason event signing move whatever happens this is the place you need to come every single day so you get up-to-date information without the clickbait without the hot takes we like to just keep it real and we like to look at it from every side of the coin the good the bad everything in between without any hard conviction we appreciate you so much broncos country for making us your first listen sarah NFC Divisional Weekend was certainly a wild one. I thought we were all treated to a very good game on Saturday night between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. And look, I picked the Packers over the weekend. We did our preview show last week here on the show. I chose the Packers, and man, they looked like for a moment they were about to do it. And then, uh, you know, once again, kickers coming up, missing a field goal in clutch moments. At least would have sent the game potentially to overtime disappointing outcome in that game, but man, a little bit of a back and forth between Kyle Shanahan and what they've built in that offense in San Francisco against the Green Bay Packers, who also have had a story of resurgence. We know the Broncos played the 49ers in the preseason. They beat the Packers in the regular season. So it was kind of cool to watch these two teams go back and forth a little bit, a little bit of drama in this game. There was, it was a really fun game, Cody. Uh, you know me, I'm up early on Sunday mornings. I was a deep into two melatonin gummies for the fourth quarter of that game. And I was trying to, trying to look up with my glazed over eyes, but it was a fun, fun game. I mean, from start to finish, you felt like the Packers belonged there, which was, I think the big question, right? Going into that game, like the seventh seed and really uh, do, did was what the Packers did against the Cowboys. Was that legit or was, were they just catching the Cowboys napping, things like that? No, I think the Cow or the Packers are a really good team. And Matt LaFleur is an underrated head coach. You look at his record since he became a head coach, Cody. I think he has the highest win percentage of any active head coach, no. which is kind of crazy. And, and to think about that, and it's like, well, yeah, you got Aaron Rodgers, this, that, and the other. But I think he proved this year, if anybody was doubting, man, the dude can can coach a football team. That's the youngest roster in the NFL going toe-to-toe with maybe the best roster in the NFL. And not only that, but Lafleur is a former protege of the Shanahan tree. So it's kind of a student versus the teacher sort of thing going on there. 
I was I, I came away from that game honestly more impressed by the Packers than the 49ers. I feel like the 49ers are kind of hanging on by a thread as they go into this game against Detroit. Now, Detroit is bringing a different brand, I think, Cody, than than Green Bay. I've been saying the team of destiny, and and that might sound like you know BS to some people, but man, the Lions they, they like look it. so much. They they do feel like it, doesn't it? I mean, it's just percolating. It's in the air. They they were so much sharper against uh the Buccaneers than the previous week and against the Rams. I just felt like they they looked so much better in all facets. They beat a really good defense. I think they're going into San Francisco with a lot of confidence. Well, look, we all know the Green Bay Packers front seven is is pretty stout, pretty solid, but I feel like Detroit's pass rush is significantly better and man, did they pressure and hit Baker Mayfield and they love to send different looks like we all we saw firsthand when the Broncos played the Lions this year. Aaron Glenn, when he's got that aggressive look on and he sends his blood, he's going to send it's like sharks in the water. He's going to send his guys after it. And look, I credit to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well, because look, Detroit for a good portion of this game was dominating almost every aspect of it. And Baker still had these guys fighting like they still had a chance a little bit late in that game. But good teams find a way to pull it out. And that's exactly what the Detroit Lions did. I think that the Detroit Lions have a great opportunity to beat the 49ers if they fluster Brock Purdy. Look, I came away. I thought. Brock Purdy didn't look that great throughout the entire game. I will give him his credit, though, in that final drive that he led a scoring drive. I thought he made some really big throws. I thought he commanded the offense well. And maybe that's the mark you look for, right? Because I think we all expect in today's day and age there to be perfection from how quarterbacks play. It's just about in the right moments, can you make the right plays? And I thought Brock Purdy did that. However, Detroit's going to be a little bit of a different animal. And there's going to be some questions too. Like what's up with Debo Samuel obviously was ruled out of the game, got evaluated for a concussion, then had a shoulder injury and then did not return. But they got guys like Jawan Jennings, obviously Greg Kittle, Christian McCaffrey still being as effective as he can be going forward. And then obviously Brandon Ayuk, they still have a ton of talent in San Francisco. So that's going to be a fun matchup to watch, to be honest with you. I think it's a great NFC championship game that we're going to be facing up here this weekend. And I just came away from it as well, just feeling like, once again, you look at teams that Denver has played, like Denver's played some of these teams that have made it very far in the playoffs. Heck, you look at the teams in the AFC Divisional Round, the Broncos, they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Bills. That's got to be a good feeling here. But now it's like, okay, you can't just hang on that from the regular season. you got to do that going forward, and Denver's going to get a chance to play the Chiefs again next season. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to be playing the Jets and, and, and Kansas City is going to be playing the Bills again because they finished the first seed in their divisions respectively. So Denver's going to play the Jets next year. But for me, this is going to be a wild weekend. AFC, NFC Championship weekend. I think we're going to see some really dang good matchups and probably the best football we've seen all year. I think it's going to come down to what we see here this upcoming Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch these four teams. Obviously, I mean, there's there's so much talent with both of them. And of course, everybody's rooting against Kansas City, at least in Broncos country, right? We're all rooting against Kansas City to hopefully see somebody else there in the Super Bowl. It's kind of crazy to think about Detroit's success too, Cody. I want to just park on them for a little bit. When you see what they've been doing under Dan Campbell and kind of the the way that they've approached the NFL draft and fighting against conventional logic. I know a lot of folks really hammered them after the 2023 NFL draft in particular for taking a running back with their top pick. And then you follow that up with off-ball linebacker. And then you go tight end with your first pick in round two. It's like, oh, and then you they go up with a it. safety with... 
they absolutely nailed it. I mean, we're talking about Grand Slam after Grand Slam after Grand. I mean, these guys are not just perfect fits for their culture. These guys have enhanced their team to the point that they're now Super Bowl contenders. It's it's kind of crazy when you think about, hey, Broncos country. A lot of a lot of people like to say, man, this Broncos team is not just one or two pieces away. I'm not saying you can do this every single year in the NFL draft, but man, we we revered the 2016 class from the New Orleans Saints for the longest time. Remember, they just took all pro after all pro. And you're talking about the Detroit Lions this year, and we've looked at other draft classes in the years in between. Why can't the Broncos go out and have a draft class like this, right? Why can't they go out and have a class that just has instant impact after instant impact and maybe that's what they need to really be looking for, Cody. Is not so much. We talked a lot at the NFL draft time about Sean Payton saying we have a vision for some of these guys. And he's like, some of these guys, it's, you know, one year down the road. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes they play right away. They need to target guys that are going to contribute immediately in 2024. I agree with you 100%. Broncos country, we want to hear from you as well. What do you think Denver should do? I mean, when you look at these teams that are playing in championship week, and I always think about it too, Sarah, and I'm like, Okay, these guys are here. Like you look at Kansas City, they've been very good at the draft as well. They've been very under the radar with how they've gone through. And obviously, they've signed some really good free agents. They've spent a lot of money. They've had obviously Patrick Mahomes. They have a guy who's a ridiculous quarterback. But you look at all these teams here in divisional week, and you look at the teams in championship week and next week, and the common denominators are these are teams that build the right way, that are patient, and that get guys that are dogs guys that are not like maybe players they get guys that are guaranteed and that's hard to like that's where you really have to be good with your evaluation in the scouting department because you never know but you have to have conviction at least and you never want to reach for a guy but if you believe a guy is going to be a, someone who can come in and impact your offense or your defense right away I look at so many guys on all these teams in championship weekend this weekend and I see that I see it all across the board and a couple of really good guys that they got in NFL free agency or teams that, you know, they traded for players, obviously like Roquan Smith, for example. I mean, you look at all those guys, you look at Patrick Queen, who they drafted in Baltimore, that Denver at one point wanted. I remember that Denver was trying to trade back up to try to get Patrick Queen, and then the Ravens took him. I do remember that story coming out. But, uh, you know, there's a lot I think you can look at in terms of what makes these teams championship contenders. What can Denver do to emulate that? First off, as we said earlier, draft a damn quarterback and then build, build, build. Get you some dogs. Easier said than done, but it's doable here. And we'll see if the Broncos can make some hay this offseason here. But that'll wrap up today's episode of the show, Broncos Country. We're going to keep you up to date all throughout the week as there's some landscape changes around the NFL. Surely some more coaches on the Broncos coaching staff could have interest from other teams. We'll keep you updated on that. We'll also look ahead as well as we get closer to the AFC-NFC Championship weekend. We'll look at some of the angles here for the Denver Broncos, some other questions that we have in the buildup to what's going on here. We'll get into that this week on Locked on Broncos.